chapter number 2. And we will begin reading with verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I want to preach to you on this thought this morning. The only thing he bought was me. The only thing he bought was me. Father, we thank you for the word this morning. God, we yield unto you our heart, our mind, and even our bodies, your vessel. We ask you that you would speak to us through the word of God by your spirit. Give us ears to hear, quicken our hearts to receive, and let the seed of your word fall on the good ground of our heart. And may it yield and bring forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness and holiness that's only found as we're conformed to Jesus Christ. Meet every need around this altar, Lord, whether it be salvation, healing, deliverance, O oh God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I pray you'll meet with us in a mighty way. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Paul begins in our text by describing the preexistence of Jesus before he came to the earth as a man. He does that by stating in verse uh, Number six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You think about that, what he's saying. Who being in the form of God, he's talking about Jesus. Let this mind being you, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, the word being there is a translation of the Greek word which means from the first or from the original or the ancient. Something that has always existed. That's what uh, the word being there means in the Greek. He is stating that Jesus has always been. Who being. He is the eternal self-existing one. The his being states of his eternity or his divinity. In Psalms 50 and verse number 10, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. And then the psalmist David said in Psalms 24 and 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Jesus, in his original state, being in the form of God, and thought it not robbery to be equal with God, in his original state, he had it all. He owned it all. He created it all. It was all his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All the silver and all the gold. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you because everything in the earth is mine. 
John stated like this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And lest you be confused with who he was talking about, he said the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He went on to say, and as many as believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He was preaching about Jesus in his original state, being God, being with God, and being like God. He's always been, and he always will be God. The only way our finite mind could comprehend or behold God's glory had to be in the likeness of a man. Jesus, the only way he could show you the Father, he said, I'm going to become a man and show you the Father yeah. in that man, yeah. Jesus Christ. This is my beloved son, he said, in whom I am well pleased. Uh, if we would have tried to think of the greatness, the glory, the wonder, the splendor of our God, it could never have been summed up. Our mind can't think beyond the parameters of a finite world. And God, desiring to fellowship with man, said, I need you to go down and restore the broken link. I need to walk with man again, to fellowship with man. They can't comprehend me. They can't know me. They can't see me. And there's a distance that sin put between man and God. Jesus brought the Father down to man. The Bible said we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus in his original state as God had it all, owned it all, created it all. Here's the amazing part about the man, Christ Jesus. The Bible said he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. We go from who being in the form of God, he condescends all the way down to the likeness of man, but not just a man. He took upon himself the form of a servant. We go from being the form of God, the likeness of God, the very express image of God the Father, all the way down to the likeness of man, but the form of a servant. Someone who has it all, owns it all, made it all to somebody who has nothing, owns nothing. It's a pretty low condescending. condescension. That's what grace is. Grace is God reaching down to man because you could never have ascended up to God. The phrase made himself of no reputation is one phrase or one word in the Greek who painted word pictures. It's the Greek word kinos, and it means to make empty, to evacuate, to vacate, to deprive, or to relinquish, meaning he chose as a man to empty himself of his divinity and take on the physicality and the limitations that we face as men and women of God. 
emptied himself of his divinity, of his God-likeness, and became or made himself in the likeness of a man and took on the form of a servant. Now he made himself of no reputation or emptied himself of his divinity, meaning he gave up his omnipresence as God. As God, he's everywhere. David said, whither can I go to flee your presence? You're everywhere I go. Somebody said, God's going to meet me when I get to so-and-so. He's already there, sir. Amen. He's not going to have to travel to get there. He's there. God's omnipresent. Do you know that God is already in your tomorrow? He said, don't worry about the things of tomorrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God's already in your tomorrow making preparation. He'll be waiting on you when you get there. Time and space can't make up God's existence. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Jesus is the same. If you went back a thousand years, he was the same then as he is now. If you go a thousand years into the future, he'll be the same then as he is now. He gave up his omnipresence. He, as a man, Christ Jesus, he was limited to one place at one time. He gave up, as a man, his omniscience. Omni meaning all. Omniscience, omnipresence means he's all present. He's everywhere at one time. Omniscience uh, means uh, wisdom. He's all wise, all knowing. The Bible said of Jesus Christ uh, as he was born as a little boy, the Bible said he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature, he grew in wisdom, and he grew with the favor of men. He gave up his omniscience. He had to study just like you and I are expected to study. He was the word, the word of God made flesh. He was the embodiment of the word, but he studied the word. Why? Because he had given up his omniscience. He even gave up, and some people have a hard time grasping this, he gave up his omnipotence as the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus never worked one miracle until the Holy Ghost came upon him in the River Jordan. Not one. Why? Because he said, the works that I do the same are you going to do. He said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Everything the man, Christ Jesus, did, he did as a man full of the Holy Ghost. Then even more amazingly, he condescended from the form of God to the form of a servant. Word servants, the Greek word doulos, and it means a slave. A slave. He goes from being the form of God, omniscient, omnipresent, 
omnipotent. He's almighty. He owns it all. He created it all. And then on the flip side of the coin, he, coin, he is the form of a servant who has nothing, who owns nothing. It's amazing to me. He had nothing as a man of his own. He went from owning it all to owning nothing. I can't find anywhere in the scripture where Jesus Christ ever owned anything throughout his earthly life or ministry. He never bought anything for himself. He owned it all. He created it all. But as a man, he owned nothing and never bought one thing. As the man, Christ Jesus, he was born in a stable, a borrowed manger. You and I, would, we were just coming in for the weekend. We would rent a hotel room. If we don't own a house somewhere, we go in and rent a place to stay because we don't have a place of our own. Jesus was born. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He sits upon the throne of heaven. Heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. But when he comes to the earth, he don't have a place of his own. And Mary and Joseph had to rent out a stable, a borrowed manger just for him to have a place to be born. In his ministry, he borrowed a little boy's lunch to feed the multitudes in the wilderness because he didn't have food of his own. As the man Christ Jesus, he borrowed the, a colt, the Bible says, the foal of an ass, the, the colt of a, of a, of a donkey to ride into Jerusalem because it was prophesied your king coming, riding a colt, the foal of an ass. Jesus had no transportation of his own. He walked everywhere he ever went. And just so that scripture might be fulfilled, he said, go to a place where two ways meet and you'll find a colt, the foal of an ass, upon which never a man is set. Loose him and bring him to me. If anybody tries to forbid you, just tell him the Lord have need of him. Right. Yeah. He ain't mine. We're just going to borrow him so that all the scripture might be fulfilled. He rode a borrowed, borrowed coat. He had no burial plot. He had no alabaster box of ointment. No myrrh or spices for his body. That was a, that was a major thing, just as Major as it is for you to have life insurance, a burial plot somewhere for so that you're not a burden to your family when you die, somewhere for them to put your body in the ground, it's cremation in a vase or wherever. That's an important thing for a lot of people and it's taken care of for most people years in advance before they die. Jesus had none of that. The Bible said of Mary, she broke open a box, an alabaster box of ointment, very costly. And in one 
Uh, one of the Gospels said about a year's worth of wages. If you study it out, it was a, it was a, a box for anointing the dead. They would pour it over the body because they didn't embalm their dead. They just wrapped them the day they died, took them to the tomb. And as they went back to visit the body, they would pour that ointment out over the body and they would pack that, the grave clothes and spices and myrrh and pour ointment over it to hide or to cover the rot and the stench of death. That's kind of gross, but that's the way it was. And when Mary come and broke open the alabaster box and poured it over the head of Jesus, it was Judas Iscariot that kept the money. He was the treasurer for the disciples. He said, what a waste. That could have been sold for 300 pence and given to the ministry. He said, nothing's wasted on me. She's did it against the day of my burial as a memorial of her love unto me. And everywhere the gospels preach, this story will be told Amen. of what she's done. I want to tell you, nothing's wasted on Christ. Right. The Bible said that when he died, that Joseph of Arimathea craved the body of Jesus, meaning he wanted to take care of the body of Pontius Pilate couldn't hardly believe that he was already dead because Jesus was such a mighty man. And he sent the centurion to check and see, and he said he's dead. Once he discovered for himself that he was dead, he gave permission to Joseph of Arimathea, and the Bible said they took his body down from the, from the cross. And the Bible specifically says that Joseph of Arimathea bought a piece of iron linen and wrapped it around the body of Jesus because they had taken the garment that Jesus was wearing and cast lots among them for his garment. So he took the bare body of Jesus and bought linen for it and wrapped it. And the Bible says that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, uh, and one of the other ladies uh, named Shalom went and purchased myrrh and ointment and spices to wrap the body with against his burial. Why? Because uh, he had never bought any of those things. Everything that was given to him, even the tomb that they laid his body in, didn't belong to him. That's all right. He's not going to need it long. It's only going to be a rental, Joseph. You're still going to be able to be buried there. Your own self. He won't need it long. That fine linen you wrap that body in, he won't need it long. The ointment, the myrrh, and the spices, uh, he won't need it long. It was all bought for him. He never purchased any of that for himself. If you and I live our lives uh, and don't make such purchases, people wonder, what are you doing with your money? What are you spending your wealth on? What do you have to show for all the wealth you've accumulated through the year, if you don't own a car, if you don't own a home, if you don't own any clothes, they took his from you don't own any clothes, if you don't own a burial plot, uh, if you didn't, you, you didn't own even a place to be born in, how in the world could you make it? How, he took a poem before 
of a servant. He's a slave. Slaves don't own anything. They don't even, a slave was, they even lost their identity. Slaves weren't called by their, their own name. They were called by the name of whoever they belonged to. The servant of. You know, people that walk with God and serve the Lord are called servants of God. We lose our own identity. This gospel's not about us. It's always been about him. Ministry's not about us. It's always about him. The church is not an entity. It's not an organization. But in actuality, it's the church of God. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about a building, an organization, a structure. It's about him. Even the clothes he wore were taken from him at the cross and he cast lots for his garment. I can only find one thing in Scripture throughout the entirety of his life, the life of the man, Christ Jesus. can only find one thing that he ever bought. One thing that he found worthy enough to buy. Was it a house? Was it a car? Was it a, a donkey? A coat? A, was it uh, the clothes? Was it uh, his burial plot? Was it any of the things that we would spend uh, our wealth uh, to accumulate? The answer is a resounding no. The only thing Christ ever deemed worthy enough to buy or to purchase was me. Was me. Was you. Hence the title of our message, The Only Thing He Bought. Acts chapter number 20 and verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. You now see why he came, why he lived, why he died, why he rose again that he might purchase unto himself, redeem unto himself his church. His whole life, he was being spent to purchase one thing, the church. Ephesians 1 and 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Amen. He's given unto us, he sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Until he comes back and calls the bride home that he purchased for himself. Thanks be to God. We were slaves to sin. We were bound by sin. Slaves can only be freed by purchase, redemption. Slaves are bought and sold as property. That's what God considered us. The servants of sin. 
bound by sin, can only be freed by purchase. What's the, what's the dollar amount? What's the, what's the amount of wealth that has to be accrued or accumulated to purchase the soul of a man? Jesus said, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have you profited? I believe he's given us the worth of a soul. That your soul is worth more than all the silver, all the gold, all the houses, all the lands uh, that you could ever hope to accumulate uh, and you were to lose your soul. If your soul were not redeemed, uh, you could own the whole world uh, and you would lose it all. So Jesus said there's only one price that can be paid for the soul of man. That was his own blood. That was his own life, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be counted equal with God, made himself in the form of a servant and became obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. That's what it took to purchase fallen man. Deuteronomy 7 and 8, but because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you. Word redeemed means purchased. And hath purchased you out of the house of bondmen, that is, out of the house of slavery, and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Deuteronomy 24 and 18, But thou shalt remember that the Lord, or not the Lord, Thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman or a slave in Egypt. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee. He bought thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. Psalms 107 and verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord, the purchased of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He bought you off the auction block of sin. Galatians 3 and 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? Sin. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And then in Revelations 5 and verse 9, they sung a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, yeah. out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. First Peter 1 and 18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, Judas sold Christ and or betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver. That was the price of a man's life in biblical times. Joseph was sold into slavery for 30 pieces of silver. But uh -huh. God said you can't equate the worth of a soul to 30 pieces of silver. <clears throat> Greater love had no man than this, and he would lay down his life yes, for his friends. Right. You weren't redeemed with corruptible things. You cost way more than 30 pieces of silver. With corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation from your former or empty life is what it's saying. Received by 
tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. When Paul addresses the Corinthian church, many of which were living in open fornication, it's really no different then than it is now. Living in fornication, that's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? That's sexual relations outside of the bonds of marriage. That's not even looked at. That's a second thought today. Purity, chastity, it's not even considered today. Really, in the world's eyes, that's not even an option. But the Bible said that whoremongers and adulterers will God judge, but the marriage bed's under fire. And in addressing fornication, he said, don't you know that when you were born again, you were joined unto the Lord. You were married to Christ. He said, it's written, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. God's not afraid to use pronouns either. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And these two shall be one flesh. And what God had joined together, let no man put asunder. He said, but I speak this unto you as a mystery of Christ and the church. When you're born again, you are joined unto Christ. Like a husband and wife are joined spiritually when they give themselves to one another in marriage before God. He said to them, know you not he that joins himself with a harlot becomes a member or joins himself with her spirit? And then he says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which you have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know why I'm not giving myself to every woman that winks? Because I belong to my wife. Every husband should have just said amen. I belong to my wife. And to fornicate or commit adultery would be a sin, not only against my wife, but against my own body, the Bible said, because his body belongs to God. There, there's, a, there's a lot you could preach there. Somebody said, I'm going to do what I want to. It's my life. It's my body. If you're born again, it's not your life. And it's not your body. You can't go where you want to go because there's some places that are not fitting for a Christian to be. You can't watch what you want to watch. Listen to what the world listens to. Partake of what the world partakes of. Because that would be it being unfaithful to God. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, bought and paid for. 
Hannah in the Old Testament. In the book of 1 Samuel vowed a vow unto God that if he would give her a son, that she would give the son back to God and she said, I will lend him to the Lord all the days of his life and he shall be lent unto the Lord. The word lent there means uh, I will allow God to borrow him, have him, use him all the days of his life. And he was. And I want to tell you, we're not rentals. Your body's not a weekend rental for God. Your body's not a week-long condo rental during revival. I'm going to give myself to God this week. We are revival. He don't rent. He purchases. He buys. He owns. It's his. It belongs to him. And do you know that once he becomes the purchaser, once he holds the title and deed to my life, is his now, not mine. I'm the one who's borrowing. The body's not mine. It's lent to me. It's not mine to do with it. This body's lent to me. It's now the temple of God. It's now the vehicle of God. It's now the dwelling place of God. I'm to fill my heart, fill my mind with the things of God. Not just so somebody can pat me on the back and say, wow, you're holy. But because this is God's. God said, I've lent it unto you. Be careful what you do with it. We read in the Old Testament where, I believe it's in 2 Kings, where Elisha and sons of the prophets went down to the bank of the river and men were chopping down trees so they failed some beams, wanted to build a place because there were so many there they didn't have room for everybody. They're adding on a renovation and addition. Construction's going on. We got so many people coming, yes. participating now, nowhere to put them all. That's a glorious thing. Yeah. Won't you to allow us to, to you know, fall some beams, to cut some trees down. All right, go ahead. said, well, if you'd be gracious enough to come with us, take part in it with us. He said, I'll go. The Bible said one of the men, while he was chopping down a tree, the axe head flew off into the river. He ran to the man of God and said, Alas, master, for it is borrowed. It wasn't mine to lose. You lose your soul? Jesus died to purchase that, and it wasn't yours to lose. Jesus said, all souls are mine. And to live a selfish life and to do what you want with God's body, God's temple, and a soul that he died to purchase and to redeem is the ultimate selfishness on our part. Some people need to treat their life some people need to treat their body. Some people need to treat their mind. Some people need to treat their marriage. 
Some people need to treat their ministry like this boy treated that axe head. It's borrowed. I've lost it. I can't go back without it. I don't have the means to purchase another one. I've got to get that back. It was borrowed. Whatever you got to do to make sure your heart and life is right with God, you better because it's only being lent to you. It's, it's the purchase of God. Some people treat God like he purchased a weekend rental. I do that with hotels all the time, whether if I'm preaching out or, or Bible ways hosting an evangelist. I know what it is to book a week-long rental or a weekend rental. We rent a space for them, but Christ isn't interested this morning in renting the space in your heart, in your life, in your family, in your mind, or in your ministry. He said, I own it all. Do you know what he ascended back to the Father? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be counted equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. He ascended back to the Father and took his rightful place where he always has been and always will be on the throne of God. And he said, I again own it all. The earth is mine and the fullness thereof. David said, I, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Why? Because God said, I own it all. I can feed you. That's what I need to do. I can house you if that's what I need to do. I can clothe you if that's what you need me to do. I can heal that sick body if that's what's needed for me to do. Because it's all in my power to do it. All power is given unto me. He is again omnipotent. All powers he is. He is again omniscient. He is all-knowing, all-wise. There's nothing too hard for him. He is again omnipresent. He's in my past. He'll be in my tomorrow. And he's here right now. Whatever trial or valley you're walking through, he is there. Everything he had in the beginning is now his again. I want to tell you the value that he put on your life. When he became the, took on himself the form of a servant, uh, he had nothing. He evacuated everything he had in heaven, and he took on nothing in the earth. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to live my whole life. I'm going to walk with God. Lo, it is written to me in the volume of the book, I'm come to do thy will, O God. I'm never going to commit sin. There's going to be no guile in my mouth. I'm going to walk before God is holy. I'm going to be the Lamb of God. I'm going to give my life as a ransom. My life is going to be the payment for their lostness. My righteousness, my holiness, my godliness in exchange for their sin. 
I'm going to pay for them. I'm going to buy them. And again, not only is the earth going to be the Lord's, but all souls are mine. The only way you can lose your soul is to take it. The Bible said the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You want to know why? When you take your life into your own hands and live it selfishly, you allow the thief to steal what belongs to God and then you use it for your own self. Somebody, uh, all this online theft now, all somebody's got to do is steal your identity. All they got to do is have a password, have some kind of number. They can go online, you know, hack into your bank account without ever going to the bank. They can just withdraw it all. Steal it, what was yours, and spend it on their self. I want to tell you, I ain't got no use for a thief. None. Zero. Get a job. Get a job. Go to work. Stand on the street corner. Hold a cardboard sign. Somebody will give you a $5 bill. But don't try to steal from people that, that have worked hard. And I ain't got no use, no time, nothing, zero, zilch for the devil. Because he only wants to steal what Christ gave his life to purchase for himself. I'm not going to pal with him. I'm not going to be his buddy. He's not my friend. Right. No more so than you would pal around with a thief. Stole what belonged to other people. So come on. Let's go. Let's go party this weekend. I just stole some man's whole bank account. You know what I'd say? Get away from me. That's right. I don't want to be within a million miles of you. And if there was any what means... Any power, any ability to turn him in, get him arrested, I would. I got no use for a thief. But that's what Satan is. And when you allow him to take your life, your body, your resources, everything that Christ died to purchase and use it for anything short of God's glory, you are allowing him to steal the purchased possession of God. He created a place for thieves and robbers. For the devil and his angels. And when we all stand before the Lord on the day of judgment, the Bible says he's going to look to those that are on his right, the sheep that are on his right hand, and say, well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He said, I'll say unto the goats that are on my left hand, curse. He said, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, which was created for the devil and his angels. Go and serve the one you serve while you were on earth. 
That word serve means go and be bound to him that you served or that you were the servant of while you were on earth because I purchased your soul. I purchased your life and you gave it back to the devil. You allowed him to steal it from me. You know, every temptation is a devil trying to hack the Lord's identity. Every temptation of sin is him wanting to steal the Lord's password. Holiness unto the Lord. I give that to the devil. I allow him to take what belongs to God. And the Lord ain't going to take that lightly. He's going to get angry. There'll be, a, there'll be a recompense for it. If you're able, stand with me all over the house this morning. Satan fought me over this message, I can tell you. Struggled my body yesterday. <clears throat> Woke up very weak this morning. Brother uh, Tracy even called me this morning and said, Anybody in your church sick? He said, Man. He said, Shay's sick. She's running fever. Feels awful. I said, I ain't running no fever. I ain't that kind of sick. I just had some, something going on with my heart rhythm and all. Feel like it's out of rhythm and beating too fast. Felt like all day yesterday I was walking uphill, just kind of short of breath, tired, tired, tired. Just feel it's back in rhythm. I don't feel it racing away today. Man, I was so, so tired, so weak in my body. But I knew it was a spiritual attack. And I said to the Lord, if you'll give me strength, I'm going to preach what you laid upon my heart. Because obviously the devil don't want it preached. Lord, I, t I remind the Lord, this body's yours. Help me, Lord. Save me, Lord. The church is at stake. Evangelism is at stake. Missions are at stake. That's what I, that's, and I'm praying for my healing. I said, Lord, this body's your temple. I need to preach in that church. Yeah. You call me to preach out in the field. You call me to go into foreign lands and preach. It's for the gospel's sake. That's the only reason I'm asking you to heal this body is because the gospel needs to be preached. Yes, yeah, Lord. Yeah. Boy, yes, Lord. Thank you. For your name's sake, heal the purchased and the redeemed of the Son of God. For your name's sake, revive your church, Lord. Pour out of your spirit upon your redeemed. My God, visit us one more time. Baptize us in the power of your spirit. The enemy's stolen enough, Lord. He's a thief and a robber. And I refuse to allow him to take what belongs unto you. Use my life for your glory is my prayer, oh God. The only thing he ever bought was you. I want to ask you this morning about you pull that title out. About you dig around in the 
secret compartment of your heart this morning find that title where he purchased you at Calvary to pull it out and dust it off say Lord I still belong to you this morning and I'm reminded you're the title and, and the deed holder to my life I want to recommit it to you today I want to do that that's pleasing in your sight I want to hear you say well done good and faithful servant would you meet me in the altar and make that your prayer this morning? If you're sick in your body, I want you to remind the Lord, Lord, you're the title and deed holder to this body. And with your stripes, I'm healed. The only reason I'm asking you to heal it, Lord, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I need to, I need to go and reach those that are still lost. 